0: Welcome to Teacher Prep with Dr. D. I'm a former elementary and middle school teacher who now works as a university professor. I believe in the power of teacher professional development is at the intersection of research and what's working in the classroom. My goal for this podcast is to support you in making informed decisions that are rooted in evidence and not just teaching trends. and welcome to another episode of Teacher Prep with Dr. D. In today's episode, we are going to hear from two teacherpreneurs whose side hustle is getting them to create a whole new second stream of income that they never could have imagined. Learn best practices, tips, strategies, and how you can turn your passion into profit with today's episode of Teacher Prep. All right, everybody. So today I have with me Greg Williams from Amped Up Learning. And Greg Greg is an instructional coach out in Texas and supports third through 12th grade teachers in the content area of social studies. In addition to working full time in the classroom, Greg is also the owner of Amped Up Learning. Greg, so glad you can join us today on Teacher Prep.
1: Yeah, so we're glad to be here. Thank you for the opportunity.
0: So tell me, Greg, what is your teaching superpower?
1: Uh, My teaching superpower, I think, is that um, I like to think I'm the chameleon. Uh, When I'm in the classroom with the kids, I really kind of just feed off of them. And I tend to be a lot more empathetic in the classroom than I am outside the classroom. Uh, I like uh, talking to kids way more than adults. Normally, I think that's why a lot of us got into teaching, mm-hmm. um, but I think I can really put myself in their shoes in the classroom.
0: Absolutely, and that's so huge to make those connections with your kids because then they want to learn, they're engaged, and they're doing what you know you want them to do, um, not out of compliance, but out of trust and wanting to own their learning. That's so important. Uh, so tell me about Amped Up Learning because today's show is about teacher side hustles, and you started Amped Up Learning. Tell
1: me how you got started. Um, so I guess it was probably about seven years ago. I was in, uh, uh, in Texas. We have a standardized test for U.S. history for our eighth graders, and that's what I was teaching. And so myself and my next-door teacher were trying to figure out how do we get the kids engaged with the content? Because uh, I think a lot of us think history is who, what, when, Um, but really the standardized test a lot of why and how. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we wanted them to be able to interact with the content in an engaging way that really wanted them, uh, that that made them want to come to class. So we we liked card games. We're kind of, not that we're anti-technology, but uh, in our district, we didn't have one-to-one technology. So we wanted a card game. Mm -hmm. And it started out on flashcards, just basically with uh, three-by-five index notes. We just came up with an idea of how we could play kind of like a, a war type of game and if you've ever been to that if you've ever gone to the bar where you play that game and it has a clues and then the timer counts down right uh, we kind of incorporated that into our card game and so we played with the kids and they loved it and then uh, my business partner matt was a graphic designer before he became a teacher so he has that knowledge and he said you know what let's just make it a product let's see what happens and so we did And, of course, it's been through eight or nine renditions. Um, But when we showed it to some teachers at a conference in Texas, they loved it. And so we made one for U.S. history. We made one for uh, post-Civil War. We have one for elementary kids. We have a Texas history. And as that started taking off, we said, you know what, let's see what else we can do. And so it's kind of ballooned from there. Now we have 400 teachers around the world who have storefronts with us and they sell their hard goods. They sell teacher apparel and they also sell their lessons. One thing that I didn't like as a teacher was going to some of these lesson marketplaces and it seemed to be a grab bag. Right. Maybe I could find some great lessons. Maybe I wasn't sure what I was going to get. And so our marketplace is kind of more of a curated system. Uh, we go out and recruit teachers whose lessons we would use in our classroom or those that we want our kids teachers to use and so it's kind of ballooned from there
0: right so you started out with the cards kind of I was thinking cards against humanity
1: or yeah, that kind of was we called it freck uh, I wanted to call it F in history because uh, everybody <laughs> uh, we kind of wanted that name to catch the eighth graders uh, but freck our safe word stands for uh, functional recall of essential content knowledge that kept us out of trouble um, but I just call it F in history um, so it's kind of a catchy name, and that's kind of expanded into all the different social studies content areas. Um, and so we have teacher group. We didn't want it to make it just a card game. We incorporate all the, the process skills, so the compare, contrast, the mm-hmm. summarizing, the sequencing. We have about 14 different uh, learning activities that go along with the cards, because I didn't like, as a teacher, just pulling out a game for a reviewing of a test, and that's definitely what we didn't want it to be. So we wanted to be, there are a lot of teachers who... Every Friday in the boards, they call it freaking Fridays," and so we're oh, doing cool. a learning activity that playing the game. So,
0: right, so okay, so you're not just focusing on like basic rote knowledge or basic skills. You're actually building in some higher level blooms, higher level thinking skills to kind of build out those conversations.
1: Right, it has to be the scaffolding. We start um, just because the way that you know. They can pass a social studies test and they can be able to identify and tell me what date things happen. But to have a true understanding of history and then to, for, for us, for them to gain that commended on, on a standardized test, they have to be able to compare it. They have to be able to tell me why. And so the learning activities definitely deepen that and take it to the next level and make those, what we call them level ones in Texas, all the way up to a level four question. Things like oh, that. Okay.
0: So kind of DOK, depth of knowledge type of activities. Right awesome and so from there from the success with the cards um you built that out into a marketplace tell me about the marketplace you said it's not like teacher pay teacher or something else
1: right i I mean we i I had a store on teachers pay teachers before all this um i don't anymore uh they they graciously released me from that Uh, um uh, all my all my resources went away um but none of our teacher contributors pay any fees on our website Wow. I didn't want teachers to, I want teacher to pay, I know 5 bucks a month is not a lot for certain teachers, but I didn't want them to pay $5 a month to get 80% commission. So on our website, the teachers pay no fees. They get 80% commission. And on certain months when we do sales, like we have a Black Friday through Cyber Monday sale coming up, anytime we have a sale, the teachers get 90% commission. Wow. Um, the reason we're able to do that is because besides just a lesson marketplace, we have the educational hard goods, so we have the FREC. we also sell apparel and Uh most recently in march we got into teacher masks so we have a lot of face masks on there wow Um, and so we started out probably three years ago in the lesson marketplace and we had i think 40 teachers and as word of mouth spread we got more and more teachers involved and so it just kind of it's really been a grassroots thing we do a lot of um organic promotions we do a lot of things through social media uh, a lot of micro influencers and things like that Mm -hmm.
0: so for teachers that are just getting started maybe they're thinking about starting a side hustle or they're wondering like how they could take this great lesson and and actually you know make some money what advice would you give to them
1: uh do it now don't wait Uh, i think the biggest lesson we learned with freck we threw it out there we weren't sure what the market response would be and we weren't, we didn't wait for it to be perfect in our eyes. Uh, we're probably on Freck 4.0 at this point. Um, but if you wait until you think it's perfect, you've probably missed your shot. Uh, that's the biggest thing I think is if you yeah. have a lesson, you're like, you know, I like this in my classroom. I think other teachers might like it. Just just take a risk. And I think that's what I wanted to do with the lesson marketplace was make it so teachers could take a, a money-free risk. There's no money involved to start it out with us and see if it works. Um, you don't pay any, any fees for our website or anything. So if you don't try right now, I think, especially in this, in this environment where teachers are constantly looking for digital lessons for the next thing to reach their kids analysis. Uh, yes. Yes. Start now. If you wait until next year, it's going to turn into two years and three years and four years. So.
0: I love it. Yeah. Take risks. That's so important. And I think as you shared, yes, we are program to think it has to be perfect but really you know that's not how the classroom goes every time you teach something you're modifying you're thinking oh I could have done that better or
1: done this differently
0: and you know obviously the students in Texas might be different than the students in Alaska so you kind of always have to put your own twist on stuff right
1: right exactly I love it. I think the the thing was we got our first version was just myself and Matt. And then as we took it to teachers, they had great ideas that we incorporated into the next, in the next version. So Mm -hmm. just like you said, Alaska and Texas students are different. Each teacher is different. And so as you put your great idea out there, you're going to get feedback and along with taking risk is hear the feedback. Don't don't take a, a don't. You might think it's critical or uh, you know a critique. I think that's the best opportunity for you to take that and really self reflect on it and say, okay, if they think it's this way, what can I do to make it better? Right. Um, I think we, we get so involved in our own bubble and we want to. We have this thing that everything we create we want it to be perfect and it's it's ours and it's kind of like our baby. But people are giving us their suggestions. We got to take it. You got to listen to your market. Awesome.
0: So in addition to being a social studies teacher how did you become an economy teacher (laughs) i mean there's so Uh, much economics in there
1: wow (laughs) that was uh, that's a lesson of hard knocks i keep telling my wife i wish i would have taken like some statistics in high school or something like that um but it's um it's trial and error it goes back to take a risk um we didn't i don't have a business background matt doesn't have a business background um but we said you know what let's let's go all in and see what happens
0: right so you made some initial investments and now
1: it was it was our website costs are very low Mm -hmm. our initial investment was um was wasn't great at all it didn't take us a lot of money at all to get started we found a company that would print the cards a la carte so we could order them one set at a time as an order came in Um, and as we were able to get more and more market reach, we were able to go overseas to get a large bulk order and because we're teachers, we dropped the, we were able to cut the price to our customers uh, almost in half. And so it's always big for Matt and I, um, whatever, whatever we produce out, we're not going to charge anything we wouldn't pay. Uh, It's kind of like our t-shirts. I'm not going to go to the store and pay more than 20 bucks for a shirt. And so we don't charge 20 bucks is our max for a t-shirt right um, the whole thing if I wouldn't buy it I don't feel comfortable putting it out on my on my company putting it out as a reflection of myself
0: well that's a great great food for thought is you know think about how it impacts you and what you would do and then you know even just connecting with teachers that you know and trust I know even I'm a professor but I still send my stuff to colleagues of mine and people in the classroom and say what do you think about this article I wrote or you know, this blog post. And so getting feedback, asking people in the field that you feel can give you that kind of feedback, um, and feel safe to take risks. Those are all good things to consider if you're just emerging into this space. Um, so thinking about emerging into the space, you have this great idea, frack, you know, you have the content knowledge, you have the product, you have the vision, you put it into action. How did you get people to find out about you and how did you promote your business model?
1: So um, one thing we did was uh, being in in Texas with social studies, it was a tested grade level. So where the tested grade level is, there is some district funds for it. And what we did is we offered it. We went to, uh, there was a trade show in Dallas ISD and we took our fret cards and we laid them out on the table and we had maybe 40 teachers come by and we played it. Nice. Uh, I, you have to get them experience in the game. It's, it's, and I think what helps a lot too is I'm not a I'm not a publisher trying to sell you what my company is doing. I'm the teacher who's in the, I'm in the trenches with you. I've used this in my classroom. so I think that that lends a lot of credibility to it right. Um, but mm-hmm. it was it's a lot of blood sweat and tears in the beginning. Getting your feet in the door, we called uh, a lot of social studies coordinators around my region and just said, here's a free set. Tell us what you think if you like it we'll come out and do free training for your entire district and so that really helped us get our our product in front of the teachers because when the teacher saw it they loved it and they would tell their coordinator and it was always okay well we can do this for free or this for free i think if you're starting out and you have a product or you have a, a commodity that you think is needed you've got to look at where is your best bet to offer something that, that customers think they're getting a deal on right so if i'm going to give you my training for free there's a lot of people who say okay bring it to us let's see what you have
0: right i love it and you know i i do some um consulting myself in professional development working with schools and districts and when i just got started i had to do it for free yep. you know and then when i started charging for it it was so much less than what I hear other people. Well, I'm sorry. I'm not Doug and Nancy Fisher. You know, they're charging $2,000 a day, which is insane. Cause I'm like, when was the last time they were in the classroom? And do they have ghostwriters? These are the questions that go through my mind. Right. But you know, once I started doing that and people were like, wow, she really knows her stuff. She's good. They're going to keep inviting you and they're going to tell other people about you too
1: exactly right
0: mm-hmm. word of mouth i think
1: is so important i think especially in education where teachers go from district to district uh, there's a lot of uh, fluidity there if you have a product and um you know just besides giving free training we would just give 10 cards free to teachers as they walked up just try it tell us what you think we want your feedback and, and like you said giving them something for nothing they feel like they're getting a deal and it's not because it's just because I think it's so great. I want every kid to be able to play it because we see the value in it.
0: Right. So. Yes, that's huge. Is believing in what you're doing. That's so okay. important, especially when it comes to working with kids. Yes. So, um, why are you going through all this process? And it seems like you've really kind of evolved from the marketplace into, I mean, from the cards to the marketplace. And tell me about some mistakes that you made and some lessons learned.
1: I think some. Um, some mistakes made i think it's more um internal so when we would get feedback sometimes uh our first reaction it's kind of like a principal walks in your classroom during a lesson you're like oh it's very defensive right away and i think the biggest mistake is is not listening to everyone but i think that can also be it's a to me that's a catch-22 um you want to get as much feedback as you can but then you've got to filter that feedback Mm -hmm. Um, so a big mistake we made at the beginning was Kind of, I think, really, we, we pushed the product out very quickly, but we were slow to make that first change, uh, to make that first change based on feedback, um, because it was so much effort for us to do it the first time. It took a, a year to get this to where we wanted it uh, for production. Then we got some feedback and to have to go back to the drawing board, in essence, almost. Um, it took us some some stubborn time, but once we did that, we got past that, it made the product so much better, and it it made a lot of customers and teachers realize, okay, these guys came and they trained us, now they're bringing us a, a revamped, even better product with better training, um, and so I think that was kind of a little, a, a little mistake we made.
0: Right. No, I love that, but it sounded like you had kind of a growth mindset, and you were like, okay, we own this, here's something we're going to do differently. Here's how we're going and improving, and trust us again, right? Because you got to have that trust. Exactly.
1: Yeah, I think you have to have a growth mindset. Even sometimes in the lesson marketplace where it is curated, I I, I look at every teacher that that we bring in, and and um, sometimes there is a lesson that gets that gets uploaded to our site that is not the most perfect. And as soon as a customer uh, calls that to our attention, now it does. It's very infrequent, but right away we give that customer a, a full refund and then we also give them store credit and then we continue to thank them for bringing that to our attention. I think a, a mistake some people make is when something is wrong, they wanna be defensive and right away make that customer happy. Not only make them happy, mm-hmm. make them wanna come back to you again. Right. So if
0: I have listeners out there, are they are excited about, um, the opportunity to get involved with your marketplace, how would they do that? What's the process?
1: Well, all they need to do, they can check us out on the website. It's www.ampeduplearning.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then my email address is on there. It's Greg. It's two G's at the end. So three total G's. So it's Greg at ampeduplearning.com. And they can just reach out to me, um, send me a sample lesson. You don't have to be on TPT. You don't have to be on other lesson marketplaces. And if there are teachers out there listening who are on TP, TPT and they're wondering, can I sell on more than one marketplace? Yes, you can. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the problem for your intellectual property. And so you're able to sell them wherever you'd like to. Um, so we are more than welcome to lessons or if you have educational hard goods, we have a teacher in Georgia who made some, uh, he calls them speed squares. They're like uh, basically math flashcards on crack, we like to call them. Uh, they're not the traditional flashcards. Uh, he reached out to us and, um, we found him through Shark Tank. So wow. now, and we really want to create kind of like, I know Etsy's out there, but we kind of want to be a catch all for all these teachers who uh, not only have lessons, but maybe hard goods because I know TPT uh, doesn't allow for hard goods anymore. So, um, we know there are teachers making great things out there and we want to help you sell it. And we're not going to break your bank by doing it.
0: Right. So let's say I have a lesson planning book that I think other teachers should should learn about this or maybe I want to sell like a really cool sweater or something like that or fanny pack that you can wear
1: while you're in the classroom.
0: Anything. It could be anything under the sun.
1: Anything under the sun. We just had a teacher from or a veteran from Austin. Uh, he's a dad and his uh, first grade son was learning to read and the, the son wasn't liking the books the teacher was making. So this uh, this army vet went out and wrote his own books. Wow. Uh, and we've discovered him, and so we're now working together. I think it's the power. I know it's kind of cliche, but I think we get a lot of teachers together, and we all have this common goal of we want to make education more fun for kids. Then that's the end, that, If that's our if that's the ends, then whatever means we need to get there, t- together and collaborating is going to make it better.
0: Very cool. Well, I'm excited for you, and to, hopefully our listeners come out and, and see what you're doing and be inspired and share with you. Where do you see Amped Up Learning uh, in the next five years? What are your 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 short-term goals and long-term goals for your, your program?
1: Um, our long-term goal, well, it's kind of our goal that we've been messing around with is we are wanting to make an app. Mm. Um, so if there are any coders out there, any teacher coders, and you want to help us, uh, Matt, my other partner, he is trying to learn coding right now. Yeah. And so we are looking for people – uh, who want to get in the game and help us create uh, an app for Freck. We have a lot of teachers who basically are saying, when's your app coming out? Um, and so that is what I, I see as a long-term goal. Where I see this in five years is I would like to have 1,000 teachers in the marketplace. I would like to have uh, pushing 100,000 lessons. And I would like us to be uh, the go-to for, mm-hmm. for lessons. And people say, up uh, Learning, I haven't heard about it. Uh, I don't want that to be a thing anymore in five years. So,
0: awesome. Well, they're definitely going to hear about it from our show Teacher Prep and we have a, a large audience of pre-service and in-service teachers that are new to the teaching profession, that are making wonderful things, that are just exploring and thinking about ways that they can be innovative and bring their passions and their their, you know, collateral to the marketplace. So, it's been so great to chat with you. Um, and you shared your email address greg at ampeduplearning.com are you on twitter facebook any other social media
1: facebook instagram twitter uh some some new teacher told us about some new social media i think they i think i'm too old for it um, <laughs> but yeah amped learning on every social media we do monthly giveaways on all our social media for amazon gift cards uh wow. free uh, teacher apparel. So we just want to give back as much as we can. I
0: love it. Well, thank you so much for joining me on the show today. And I hope to get you back in and and hear about all your future successes.
1: Thank you so much.
0: All right, you guys. So today we're going to hear from another teacher and how she made her side hustle a success. This is Deborah Baldwin, and she's a former teacher. She's now retired, and she has a very lucrative teacher-paid teacher store. So Deborah, why don't you tell us a little bit about your experiences in the classroom and what motivated you to become a teacher-pay-teacher-seller?
2: OKie dokie. Patricia, first, thanks for having me. Um, I have a store called Drama Mama Speaks. But before that, I taught in the classroom, uh, private and public, for about 38 years. Mm -hmm. I ran uh, youth theater programs on the weekends. That was probably my first side hustle. Right. And um, (laughs) I did that for many years. And then I taught English for three years back when we just called it English, not language arts. (laughs) And then I stayed home for 11 years with our daughters while they were very young. And then I wanted to go back and teach drama. And um, out of nowhere, a speech and drama job opened up. It was just Mm -hmm. like manna from heaven. And that was when my daughter, youngest daughter, was in second grade. And now she's all grown up and has her own children. And so I taught in a middle school for uh, 14 years that time. Then we moved to Colorado and lived way up in the mountains at Estes Park, Colorado. So anybody who knows the National Park and Rocky Mountain National beautiful. Park, yes, we did live there. And yes, it was beautiful. And well, and then we moved to Lawrence, Kansas, because our daughters were here and our grandchildren. Right. So um, that's how we ended up here. I've been retired about four years now. And I've probably, I think I've worked in, I think about four or five different school systems, and I have administrated and developed um, youth programs, um, about six of them, mostly in the Midwest. Right. I don't, I'm really production oriented, as you can tell. I directed about, uh, I say about because I can't remember, between 250 and 300 plays and musicals in my career. Wow. Um, I've. I I do it all. I've written scripts. I, um, oh, I direct, I acted. um, I did it all. But when we came here and became grandparents, uh, everything came to, of course, a screeching halt. Mm -hmm. So I was ready. I was ready to do something different. And I tried teaching in a junior college, and I just really didn't care for that. And then I tried directing here in a community theater, and I didn't like that either, which is really surprising for me. And I went, well, maybe I should go ahead and look into this teacher pay teacher thing and see if I would like to do this. So we blame everything on my husband because he'd been saying for years, Deb, why don't you just put all your lessons in a book? I said, no, no, who would ever want this stuff? I don't think they'll want it. Well, boy, was I wrong. So um, about, let's see, uh, two and a half years ago, I got serious about the store. I had it for probably three and a half years. And um, it's just grown and grown and grown. And of course with distance learning in March and April, it just absolutely skyrocketed. Wow. And that's because drama teachers, you know, we're in um, real time. We don't, we don't, we, it's just different. You know, everything's mm-hmm. hands on. We are watching these kids in person and coaching them. But when you suddenly take them away, It's like, what on earth do I do with them? And I just happened to be in the right place and I just happened to have what they needed. Right. And and so that's a lot, my lessons really lend themselves well to virtual learning.
0: Wonderful. Well, tell me about that because you said it's taken off. Um, How Mm -hmm. many followers do you have in your store?
2: Well, um, I have probably almost 1800, which is not that many. But when you know that people come back numerous times, it's um it's a really big deal so the way you can tell you're being successful is i think if they come back more than once right some people buy four or five things at once whole units i have people that buy everything i have i have people who buy one and they're gone for a year and come back and buy two um it's kind of interesting and then i have some people who hop skip and jump and sure. We're like a oh, guy bought one last week, then he came back this week. He bought another. Uh, well, he bought a Broadway musical lesson I have on Hamilton. He turned around and bought, I think, Dear Evan Hansen a couple of days later. Then he bought Wicked. So, wow. see, you can, it's really interesting to watch them and um, how they do it. So, yeah, I have a lot of followers, but I'm also, I have a presence almost everywhere. So, I'm on Pinterest, uh-huh. I have a blog. I'm now perfecting Instagram with a business coach training program and I work real closely with her and, um, I've just started YouTube because I thought it'd be a good way to let people preview my lessons and just see them, you know, and maybe I'll pick up people that I haven't before. Um, I'm even on Twitter, but I don't even pay attention to Twitter. It's just too much. It's a lot. Oh man. So, um, for a lady of 64 years old i'm pretty savvy i have to say i
0: I was i was thinking that i mean you know they see digital natives digital immigrants i mean you've kind of just taken the bull by the horns and embraced it all using the social networks and promoting yourself i mean that's part of becoming a successful teacher pay teacher seller but you also i'll tell
2: you too patricia i had a book Okay. Um, it's for middle school kids. And when I d- when I wrote the book, I'm an indie author, I, d- ha- I had a website made for me, which led also into the blog or maybe the blog to the website. I can't remember. Right. And so I had a nice, good infrastructure underneath. So when I started Teachers Pay Teachers, I had a lot of things that other people just don't have. Right. And that was an advantage. So I could just kind of turn and do more blog posts instead of on my book. I could do them on the lessons or centered or around the lessons. And so that, that's made it very easy. And that does that's doing really well. Um, I'm more into... Um, I'm not... Well, I guess in some respects, I'm sort of an influencer, quite frankly. It's very strange. Drama teachers do not have time to do what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Period. And I understand that. But I can be a voice for them, and I can also... Nurture it and I can also help new teachers um, who want to try um, drama ed in their classroom, which is what I'm starting to reach. I'm starting to reach uh, younger teachers that are new to the program, new to teaching and or people who are um, new to just teaching drama. I'm starting to reach a lot of them and I can tell by how they're buying and where they're coming from right so i think they're coming through instagram quite frankly and they're they're going to instagram to my blog and then over to teachers pay teachers so it's uh, but i can't quite trace
0: it but i can kind of trace it and you um, said you have somebody you're working with now that's teaching about how to use instagram tell us about that yeah yeah she's uh, well her name
2: is subie zimmerman of uh, ready set graham i ran on her about a month and a half ago she is the top uh, teaching expert expert for Instagram. Um, she's vibrant. She's had many companies, very successful. It, it would be like having your own Shark Tank, um, a backer, quite frankly. And she selects, you, um, you apply, and she selects a certain amount. You pay for her instruction, and um, you go through a training of about three to four months. Wow. And um, it, I... I just eat it up because I want to learn as much as I can. And I also want to be more successful for people who need me Mm -hmm. because people are going, oh my gosh, I have needed you forever. Well, I needed me. There was nobody like me when I was younger. I had to come up with all of this, you know.
0: I hear that so, a lot. I work with the pre-service teachers, and especially in the areas of music and art, it's like they're flying solo. Unlike yeah. other departments, math or social studies, you might have three or four or five teachers, what have you, in your department. It's typically not the case in that um, space of arts.
2: No, not at all. And um, it's also sort of uh, vague what people want you to teach. Well, we want you to do a play. Right. Right. Uh, Okay. Well, is this play part of the classroom, or are you expect it after school? How am I doing this? Well, I don't know, but we just really want you to do a musical. Okay. Well, there's lots of different kinds. Do you want it for junior version, for a middle school kids? Do you want a full length version? You know, do you want? A, so it's it's really becomes up to that particular teacher to make those decisions. And I never could have done it when I started out. Right. I learned over many years, how to teach this. When I taught in a middle school in Columbia, Missouri, for those 14 years, I really perfected a lot of my first lessons that I saw on, sold on Teachers Pay Teachers. And over time, I probably started out with, I don't know, maybe 35. And I thought, well, let's see if we can get to 100. Let's try to get 100. Well, I'm up to two, almost 280. So wow, I'm, I'm obviously on the way. But I can see the need for it now. I can see it more and more. And um I just keep
0: creating things I think people might want. Sure. And so you said earlier that you know what you're seeing is that people are coming back. They keep coming back and they're buying more from you, the same return customer. So that obviously is a sign that they like your products, right? Right. Tell right. us what what does like think about like maybe your top two, three best sellers. What elements of a good um product are in those so that other people out there that are looking to create can kind of hone in on that um
2: i don't create well lots of times traditionally on uh, teachers by teachers people put together worksheets i looked at it and said well what would i want if i was going to purchase something so i give them a teacher script Mm -hmm. that says exactly what they can say because that's another issue people don't know how do i start this lesson
1: I I didn't
2: learn that. Nobody taught me how to do this. I mean, I have structurally, I understand it from teaching, uh, education classes, but I don't know what on earth do I say to them or how do I bring them into it and engage them? So I always have a teacher script. Mm. I generally give them some sort of warm up exercises that I, that are hooked to or focus around something generally in the rest of the lesson. Um, I give them, um, a materials list I give them procedure and how many minutes everything should take because if there's somebody it knows it would be me you know I know the the you should uh, you shouldn't run things certain lessons longer than about 12 minutes you know that beginning should be about seven minutes you know if you're gonna send them off to work on something and it should be about no longer than 15 minutes you know I just know this because I have did it forever sure so that's my advantage that's for theater i cannot tell you how you would do that for math or science but um but i can tell you for what i do so i give them a completely comprehensive lesson down Mm -hmm. to sources and video clips and hot links and um what else do we do um um, i'll give you blocking i'll give you a floor Uh plan or how to set up for readers' theater or radio theater or even a play. Because that, again, because who I'm trying to reach is um, perhaps an elementary teacher who would love to do drama in her class but doesn't have a clue where to find a play or wants to do it on, say, um, a play about, well, I have brand new ones about Native Americans. So, because mm. I'm going to do a whole set on those. And I'm using folk tales to, and I'm adapting the folk tales. So maybe they would purchase that and go, okay, here's, here's what I need. And she gave me everything I need to make this happen. All I have to do is show up, copy and follow what she tells me to do. And as a good friend said, basically, you're still teaching. You're just teaching in a different way. And that's
0: true. I am. You're teaching teachers. I am. That's awesome.
2: I never, ever had a student teacher. I never, ever (laughs) Was a supervising teacher or because what I taught was so unusual that they wouldn't get. I would have observers, but I never had a student teacher um, because it just
0: didn't work out that way. Interesting. Which is crazy. Yeah. So now you're doing it in your second career. (laughs) I (laughs) know. So for people out there, you talked about the elements that you put into your um, teacher paid teacher products. Uh, I think another big piece for people that are out there that are looking to get started in that space is how do you price them? Do you have a certain gauge that you use? And uh, what now, advice would you give?
2: We usually price things. Let's see. I think elementary is 10 cents per page and, middle end, and, and has to do with how much is on the page. Um, and that also is up to the person. Some people, I really, really value what I do. I'm an absolute expert. So I am not going to give my stuff away for nothing. Mm -hmm. And I, I, of course I have freebies and I have some that are like $3 and 50 cents, but there still should be more like do a 10, but I'm trying to encourage people to try something they've never done. So I have a group of lessons that are called um, famous theater artists. So they are biographies and the students are given questions that I provide. Um, The teacher has the key. They have to research this. Let's say they're going to, Research uh, Lynn Manuel Miranda, so they have to find the information, they have to put it down, and then they have to put it on a one-page, uh, one pager assignment to notate what they learned. And there's more requirements. Well, that's not very expensive. But then if you buy something like my radio theater, which probably takes me 65 hours to put it together, wow. just just the product that isn't the rest of it, um, that's going to cost you more because it takes me so long. So that's going to be like 10 to 12 dollars. And that still is my daughter's going, Mother, that's not enough. I said, But you have to remember, I'm working with people who have a certain perception of what the product cost should be. So over time, I will convince them that, yeah, that it's okay to pay more for this. She's giving me a a product that will last me three weeks. $10 for three weeks, that's not too bad. That's right. Um, So with um, secondary, it's normally 20 or 30 cents per page, but again, it depends on, um, what you're selling, how much I think everybody looks at it. I think teachers are more than fair. So I think they look at it and go, well, this didn't take me much time or this took me a lot of time. Right. I, I, mine always takes lots of time. So, um, I can't really go, Oh, well, I just do that together in the afternoon cause it just doesn't happen. <laughs> so, yeah. Know. And
0: that influences your ratings, so, yes. I mean, if you're doing, you know, you know, if your pricing is set so high and they're like, this is all I got for $10, yeah. then they might right. come back and give you one or two stars or something like that.
2: Right. And occasionally someone will misunderstand something. So we have bundles, uh-huh. which are a collection of, of lessons. Um, and sometimes I had a person recently who thought that was a unit. And so she graded me down for it. I said, this is not a unit. This is a collection of lessons that you could use in several classes on um, this particular subject, but this is not, you're not going to, if it said, trust me, honey, if it's unit, it's going to, you'll know it's a unit. Right. So, you know, so occasionally that will happen. And um, I think it's a person probably that doesn't have much experience and they just, they, they, I, I understand. I know teachers are absolutely exhausted and mm-hmm. so, you know, I kind of give them the benefit of the doubt. I don't get too upset about it or anything because we're all trying to figure out how to do this. Mm-hmm. I mean, the sellers and the buyers, we are all, the sellers, we are madly trying to figure out what's the best way to help people. And Teachers Pay Teachers is doing that too. They're listening. They're saying, what do you guys need? Well, we need software to make digital right off our price. right? So we don't have to make and then an, go make an additional thing. So they provided that
0: have you you been to any kind
2: of working together
0: yeah have you been to any of their conferences i know they do some annual conferences have you tried any of those or um we were getting ready
2: to and then COVID hit so i was Mm. going to go to my first one in chicago last july so maybe this next july in boston um we'll get to go but um we went to a little one up in um new york just to kind of see um but no i I was i made a lot of really great um friendships through through this right um, moving to a new town like we have we moved twice in uh, 10 10 years <clears throat> at our age it's very difficult because we don't have kids going to school so we don't meet families right you know we don't and with COVID we're at home and so really the outside world is through the internet for me Right. And um, I'm so glad and grateful that I have an outlet. I cannot imagine what people are doing that don't have something like this to do. People my age, you know, people who are kind of relying on, oh, I'll go out with my friends and eat lunch and maybe I'll have a book club. Well, that's not, all oh, lunches are gone. Right. So um, we hope they're gone. Um, so I'm just, I just kept going. I just plowed on. It did not
0: phase my business at all. So, Wonderful. It sounds like you're you're bringing your passion into a profit.
2: Yeah, I am. And if you would have told me 10 years ago, I would be doing this. I'd say, no, I'm probably going to be directing or I'm probably going to be teaching. Right. But it's so funny. I just went, I'm just not liking this. This is weird. I just don't want to do this anymore. And I was a little panicked. Sure. Um, and now I'm not. Because as we say, laughingly say, since my husband was a teacher too, gee, we don't have to answer to administration. There's no bureaucracy. I don't have to write answer angry emails from parents. I don't have to deal with discipline issues. This is a way to teach, man. Wow. So yeah. you and
0: your husband both have a te- are, are you both creating on your store? Um, he has written um, music for me, for my music, for my plays, And he's developing his
2: own boom cards, So he'll be on boom wow. uh, pretty soon. And he's doing um, all things for Um, my co-teacher in Colorado and she needed a particular thing for her music students. So my husband's developing, um, digital test cards through boom for her, which is ironic because if you told, I would never have thought Tim would do that. So,
0: wow, for those people out there, they don't know what boom cards are. Tell us about them.
2: Um, well, essentially they are a digital task card. Um, but people, some people use for direct instruction, which is the way I use them. I also use them in uh, hybrid learning. So it's part of the lesson and the rest the teacher has. So they might learn, um, like from home, they could learn through these cards. Some people use them to teach, uh, vocabulary and some okay. people use them to teach math skills, you know, science, um, many, many, they're hot. They're really, really hot.
0: Right. So, yeah. It's a big trend right now. So speaking about trends and now that everybody is in a digital space, how did you adapt what you're doing into, you know, distance learning platform?
2: (laughs) Well, that's interesting. I have stayed away from pretty much the acting portion of theater because to me it's hands-on and it needs to be, uh, as I said earlier, it needs to be instructed in real time. You cannot learn acting from reading a book and answering questions and taking a test that's not what acting is we mm-hmm. can get them up on stage and we need to model for them and we need to help them through it so i i have from day one everything i've made is something that you can do through distance learning some are better than others some are can be done individually some need to be done with a friend um some need to be done in a group but you can still do all those by yourself and that's why i i just happen to have stuff that's working.
0: That's great, and I think having, like you said, that teacher script is a huge piece to help those teachers know how to do it, and you know what recommendations you would give as as the master teacher, which is so cool to hear you say that. So, um, for those people that are out there, uh, what advice would you give? They want to get started, they want to get into the store, but you know they're not sure how to do it, how to get started, how to promote it. What advice would you give to them?
2: Well, I would say. First off, you need to understand it's a business and it's um you can dabble in it, but just understand that if you make it a little bitty hobby, it will be a little bitty hobby. Mm-hmm. And if you need to decide why you are doing this. If you are doing this to make your family an extra two hundred dollars a month, then you're gonna to need to make quite a few quality products that are unique, that um maybe are not a lot of them out there like you don't need to make yet another teacher's notebook or yet another teacher's planning book right or another teacher's inspiration book those are way too many but whatever your interest is you need to look around and see oh they that would I have this thing that I did I wonder if that would work and then you just produce that unique product so a lot of my products are really unique so I'll give you an example Um, I made Broadway musical lessons. So these lessons are not just about the Broadway musical. They are about how where it came from, how it was created, who created it, how long it took them to do it, then into the themes, the plot, the characters. Then there's trivia. See, this is really unique. Then there's um, information about Broadway itself. They have to answer questions. And at the end, there's an extension activity. That's that's what I mean by unique. That's not out there. You know, so I would say you need to find unique ideas. Um, You need to understand that this is a marathon and not a sprint. Mm -hmm. You, um, you, it would be wise to start your store off with a name that you think you can carry a long time. Like I wouldn't call it Susan Jones in second because what if you move out a second? Right. So, but if you could call it. Susan Jones Time Savers, okay, well, that'll stay with you. Uh, If I could change my store name, in fact, we talked about it, and um, for my business coach, I would um, because she'd like to have my name in it. But we decided I'm just too far into it right now to change it. Right. So we're just going to stay with Drama Mama Speaks.
0: So at what point would you recommend that people get, like, a business coach or, you know, you said you had somebody to help you with Instagram and all those. At what point?
2: Well, I wouldn't do it until – until you really need to do it. I mm-hmm. Because it's, I'm talking about money. This costs money to do what I'm doing. Right. And I am and I always say the teacher will appear when the student's ready, you know. Well, that's the way this happened. I was fine. I was ready. I was looking around and going, how can I learn about Instagram? Or how can I make my business? My business is growing. i got to keep up with it. And she just showed up. I mean, she literally just was plopped in my lap. She likes to work with um, people my age. And, um... You know, I, her ideal client are women in their uh, 50s through 70s. Wow. And so I was I was exactly what she was looking for, and she was exactly. But I wouldn't do that initially. You don't need to because you need to learn on your own, I think. Right. And you need to say, oh. but there are lots of Facebook groups for Teacher paid Teachers um, that can help you. There are courses for beginners through Teacher paid Teachers, people who really know what they're doing. Sure. Um, there's a lady named Misty Miller. She's just excellent. And she can start newbies off. And awesome. I would highly recommend Misty's. And um, and you can find her through Facebook. And she has a store, of course. And, um, you know, there are people who understand Instagram and people who understand Pinterest and people who know how to teach you how to make a course. Um, I would think down the road someday I'll make an entire course, but I don't have a clue what it would be about. Right. So, you know, it's not there yet.
0: Um, so that's a long-term goal. So maybe at yeah. one point you say, "I want to teach other people how to create what I'm doing," kind of like right. That's a great idea. I love it. Right,
2: and I could see, and my own daughter probably someday will take over this business because she's a she has her theater degree and she's getting her education, uh, masters in education, and so I would never be surprised if she takes it over. But you she, see, she's been with me since I started it. She used to be my virtual assistant, and so she's been a part of it. And she can look at it and go, oh, yeah, I know how to do this. I watch mom go through this, you know.
0: Right. That kind of That's amazing because, I mean, I grew up in a family of entrepreneurs. But I would have never thought, hey, I'm going to pass my teacher pay teacher's door down to my daughter. But she does want to yeah. be a teacher. <laughs> you met her earlier. She's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> well, because um, I, I come from a family
2: like that, too. My brothers had their own businesses and. And one still does, and, and teachers are really their own entrepreneurs. People just don't know it. That's why a lot of people like to teach, just because it's a lot of it's still very individual. Right. They try to make us cookie cutter, but they really can't get that to happen. You know that will only go so
0: far. Amazing. Well, I think you've you've inspired us all to bring our passion and our interests into this digital global marketplace. And, and share yeah. our unique talents with others. So how can our listeners get in touch with you or learn more about you? You said you had a blog, Facebook, all that stuff.
2: Oh, girly, I have it all. Um, <laughs> my blog is Drama Mama Speaks. And that's mama is spelled M-O-M-M-A. Uh huh. And it's run together as one word. So Drama Mama Speaks uh, is my blog. Or people can go to my uh, website, which is Deborah Baldwin and but wouldn't you know everything's spelled different so it's d-e-b-o-r-a-h
0: uh-huh.
2: as my mother used to say like the bible nice <laughs> like the bible so i was like okay that's the way i spell it um i'm also on instagram under drama mama speaks um and i'm my teachers pay teachers is called drama mama speaks so um you can find me. My daughter says I show up very early on Google when you're looking for drama. I don't even know. That's awesome. Um, so you're high up on the search your, name, your name comes almost to the beginning. I'm like, really? Oh, well,
0: that's great. It's <laughs>
2: like, okay.
0: So, wow. I mean, your story is so inspiring. I mean, it just sounds like just your passion and what you're doing is just so amazing that that people are excited to share what you're doing with others. So it really is no, you know, everyone's like, what's the secret algorithm so I can get high returns and do this and that. You're like, I'm just putting out good stuff and people like it.
2: That is exactly it. Um, I'm sure there are secrets, but I don't like to cheat. And I don't like cheaters. And uh, maybe people don't think that's cheating and maybe it isn't. But to me, I like to do things um, correctly. Mm-hmm. if I can. And, um, I'm sure you have to be, a, a, an opportunist and I'm sure I am. In fact, I'm sure I'm, I know I am, but, um, I think the best thing you can do is be yourself and find what's unique about what you can offer and then find your ideal client,
0: you know, put it out there, put it out yeah. there. Well, thank you so much, Deborah, for joining us. And again, everybody, check out Drama Mama with an O speaks. She <laughs> is one awesome grandma, and she is breaking all the social media norms. So thank you so much it's for coming, That's yes, me. <laughs> I love it. Good. Well, thank you. Thanks so much.